At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries, all without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health, in every way. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits are available until the end of August. Fair usage policy applies. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community. We pay our respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past, present and emerging. like 10 minutes of our time just sitting here talking about McLeod's daughters because Talk, talking about our favorite subject McLeod's daughters this is now a McLeod's daughters podcast <laughs> maybe that's what we could do on the patreon we could discuss episodes of McLeod's daughters um oh, I'm hi sure everybody they would love that <laughs> hi everybody welcome back to murder in the land of Oz my name's Jess and I'm Ellen yay we're back and it's our last episode before we kick off onto our new format I'm so sorry yeah Zane's gesturing because my <laughs> microphone too high <laughs> oh we're out of practice um well I've got a cat to my left I've got Ellen on my phone because I forgot my laptop charger and I have 23 percent to make it through the end of the episode um with oh geez oh, this is gonna be like speed honestly but I was just about to say disclaimer it's a fast game tonight I mean today okay. today's episode she'll be quick she'll be in she'll be out we're giving you the giving you the facts but I'm not fucking around. All righty. Down to business. Let's, Down to let's do it. Um, no, but we have some Patreons to talk about first though, don't we? We do. We do indeed. And I'm very excited for my first time shouting out the patrons. So we would like to thank Moena, Kimberly, Laura and Jasmine. What was the first name? Moena. Moena. How pretty. I know. Gorgeous. I've, I'm getting Welsh vibes. Like that's got to be Welsh. It'd have to be. If it's not, Moena, let us know. Sorry. Also. Um, thank you guys so much. For, oh, my gosh. She's on my lap. Oh, this cat. is Zane's new cat, Leia, who has decided to like me for now because um, Fifi is nowhere to be found. So thank you guys for being patrons. Oh, thank, you. thank you guys so much for being patrons. Um, obviously, if you would like to become a Patreon, no pressure. We understand the world is a weird um, – Terrible nightmare hellhole. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so if you would like to, the Patreon link is in our – I was about to say in the bio. No, in the show notes. Link um, in bio. We do have rewards available on the Patreon. So if there's things that you want, like you can suggest cases. We've got a few people that need to send us cases. Have they? Yes. No, only one, which we're recording after this. Guys, hop to it. And also there's tons of bonus content. <gasps> Bonus. We um yes, we are doing a uh Mitlu After Dark and a uh Patreon episode this evening. So that will be some more content for the Patreon people. Content for your ears. Content for the Patreons. Um cute. Okay. So 
Oh my God, I'm just like loving myself sick because this cat is just like fucking adoring me. And now she's left and she knocked over my phone and we're back. <laughs> oh my God, she is emotions. like molting. Her fur is like all up in my beardness right now. Okay. <laughs> please, please let's talk about crimes. Yes. Please let's go and okay. talk about crimes. So I would like to do a disclaimer before we, before I talk about this case rather. It is going to be a short and sharp evening um but it's quite concise anyway um so i am going to be talking about the murder of a 12 year old girl um which is obviously horrific in um any terms and i just wanted to say like it's not normally something we would do but i um found out about this case i didn't know about it um obviously with this being the last like wraparound of um the states before we move on to our new format um I just felt like that this was something important that I wanted to talk about because um there's been like recent as in the last couple of years developments um and reviews on this case so hopefully um people are going to find out about what had ha- what's happened with this case um and I just wanted to because I know we have spoken about how we we're going to try and like steer away from talking about the involvement of children just because it is really delicate content and I just want to reiterate once again like when we sort of like make fun or like jibe or like poke fun it's never to the like we're never talking about the victims um and it's just like how we sort of talk about these cases and how we sort of talk about this content in general is merely for us to just be able to get through it. Because I was talking to someone about this last night. I know I said this will be a short episode. I'm so sorry. Um, I was talking to someone last night about, you know, how this, doing this podcast, um, because when we first started, like I would get really, really emotional. Um, But then people started commenting that it sounded really fake when I would get really emotional. Um, So it's you know trying to like compartmentalize this and I feel it's like a, sometimes you know it's a coping mechanism as definitely well. definitely I think sometimes you know not that we are like anywhere near like actual people who actually deal with the stuff for their real jobs no but when you do spend a fair shake of your time reading about people like getting ripped apart mm. you know there is a little part of your brain that's like, I can't cope with this as reality. And yeah. my my reaction is not necessarily, you know, the right mm. one. But no, I think we do very much try to be delicate with victims. Yeah. And I think we succeed on that front. And I think people who leave reviews that are like, oh, you guys are making fun. It shits me because there are hundreds of podcasts, like last podcast on the left or whatever, that literally make jokes about like raping John Benet Ramsey and people don't go up in arms about that but us you know laughing at somebody's silly name is apparently a crime anyway I digress Uh, Jared anyway um so yeah so this is um we finished on we're finishing on the state that we actually started on two years ago can you believe this is over two years this is so wild um so the case I'm going to be talking about is the murder of Leanne Holland um so Leanne was 12 in 1991 at six months old, her mother left her family, leaving uh, Leanne's father, Terry, to look after uh, Leanne, obviously, and her older siblings, Craig and Melissa. Um, there's not really much information as to what Leanne was sort of like, um, but apparently she loved to sing, she loved to dance, and she wanted to be just like Kylie Minogue. And she definitely had that mood as well, like that That's wispy... That's a 90s mood. Like, yeah, that wispy blonde hair, very adorable. There's like... Um, 
there's video of her participating in the Rocker Stedford. So, it's, yeah, very. She like, was a little Jess. Oh, my God. Oh. She was a little tiny Jess Ryan. We <laughs> love a song it? and dance moment, don't we, doll? Um, so she was described as being very spirited and a good friend. She was open and she was bright and she was happy. Um, so September 23rd, 1991, specifically uh, the date we're talking about, um, Leanne was home from school for the school holidays, September holidays. Love a September holiday. Um and at home with her was her sister's boyfriend, Graham Stafford. Um, so Stafford was born in the UK and immigrated when he was very young. Um, ooh, why I'm already not hand? on board. I already know where this is going and I'm, I'm not okay about it, but continue. Mm. Um, immigrated when he was very young. Um, he was from the Sunshine Coast and he and Melissa Holland had been dating for about a year and they'd only recently moved into the Holland family home at Alice Street in Goodna. Um, in order to basically help keep an eye on Leanne because Leanne's dad had to work. Um, so Graham was on an RDO on the um, 23rd of September um, and was home working on his pride and joy, his red Honda Gemini. And that is a car, not a star sign. Um, <laughs> My Gemini is in Honda at the moment, so I'm very... I'm just like... Oh... <laughs> uh, um, so Leanne had spoken to Graham um, at that point, uh, at some point during the day about wanting to bleach her hair. She was already blonde, which I'm confused about. But, you know, live your life, make your hair choices, no worries. Um, and he offered her his bleaching kit that he had left over. But supposedly he didn't offer to do her hair because he didn't know how to do it. So obviously he had it on hand and like previous girlfriends had um, done his hair for him because it was quite, his hair was like streaked blonde. Um, and also Leanne spoke to her dad at some point during the morning as well on the phone saying that she wanted to bleach her hair and that, and she had supposedly told Terry that Graham was going to help her dye her hair. Um, so it was said that sometime between 9.30 and quarter to 10 in the morning, Leanne supposedly told, um, Graham that she was going down to the shops. Um, later on that day when Leanne wasn't home, it was suspected that she was probably staying at her friend Trisha's house, which she often did. Um, and then the next day, Tuesday, the 24th of September, um, there was no sign of her by about 5.30, 5.45. So she was reported missing to the police. Uh, two days later on the 26th of September, two police uh, trail bike riders, because there was obviously a search out for um, Leanne. Um, so two days later on the 26th of September, two police um, trail bike riders, Oh, goodness. Trail bike riders found Leanne's body in bushland 30 metres from the Red Bank Plains Road, which is very busy main road. Um, mm. She was severely beaten beyond recognition and needed to be identified by her fingerprints. So it was very, very brutal. And that was across all of the um, interviews and everything that I watched. Um, a lot of the uh, police that's what they remarked on is just that it was so savage and something like because of how so she was hit in the head basically it was blunt force trauma and it was said to have been a hammer as well um or something to that oh. sort of effect so something like that is very personal um so yeah <clears throat> um so there was also evidence of there wasn't obvious evidence, but there were signs that she might have been sexually assaulted. And there was also um, burns on the inside of her legs that were from a cigarette lighter and cigarettes itself. Um, so it looks like that she was tortured as well. Um, there was a lighter that was found uh, near her body as well as tire tracks in the area as well. Um, so Friday the 27th, 
obviously because with I mean with any murder investigation as well but when it comes to children especially um, when there is a murder of a child it's way more likely for the child to have been murdered by someone that they know mm-hmm. um, I mean obviously there's instances where that's not true but especially it's with way like, more common it's way more common and especially with the type of attack um, that it was mm. it's way more likely that it was someone that she knew um so Friday the 27th um Graham was interviewed in relation to Leanne's murder and obviously police were investigating the Alice Street house because that was her last known location um and they found um very 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 small traces of a of blood found in Stafford's car which uh Leanne had a very rare blood type apparently um and that was uh, the blood found in the boot was shown to be the same type as Leanne's. Um, there was also uh, a strand of hair found in the car boot. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. Um, okay. <clears throat> the maggot. Right. So. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Oh, my God. Okay. I had – I'm so sorry. I had dumplings and I'm just – my mouth's just beside itself at the moment. Um, so uh, – They were just that good. They They were – um, so a maggot of the same type and age that was found on Leanne's body in the um, bushland where she was dumped um, was also found in the boot of the car. Going to talk more about that in a little bit as well. <clears throat> also, there was um, blood consistent with Leanne's that was found in several places around the house, including some in the bathroom and some on the front stairs leading down to the carport. Um, there was also car tr- the car tracks that I talked about. The tire tracks were also um, said to have been the same type as Stafford's car um, that were found in the track leading to Leanne's body. Um, there was a hammer that was normally in Stafford's bedside table, which is bizarre, um, was missing, um, and a hammer was consistent with the injuries that were um, that were found that on Leanne's Leanne body. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was also a fold-up chair that was normally kept in Greg Stafford's boot that was found inside the house. So it was a bit weird that it was out of the car. So um, on September 28th, <clears throat> so very like close amount of time. So he had been arrested. No, he'd been um, questioned on the 27th by the 28th based on the circumstantial evidence and the forensic evidence in the house and his vehicle and the crime scene. Stafford was arrested and charged with the murder. Um, the case was... Uh, prosecuted by David Bullock and he was convicted on the 25th of March 1992 of killing Leanne Holland with a hammer. The Crown argued that Graham Stafford murdered Leanne on the morning of the 23rd sometime between 10 and 4 and then kept her body in the trunk of the Honda Gemini for two days and then dumped her in the bushland off Red Plains Road. Yeah so they assumed the time of death was between 10 and 4 on the Monday kept her in the boot of the car, drove around, like picked up Melissa, like they did shopping and stuff like that. So this is what the Crown is insinuating, that they've done all of this stuff with Leanne's body in the boot. That's messed up. Wait. Um, So uh, Graham was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison um, and he began like a process of appeals, obviously. Um, so he appealed in August of 1992 to the Queensland Court of Appeal and was dismissed by Justices Jeffrey Davies, Bruce McPherson and James Thomas. Um, his application for special leave to appeal to the High Court was refused refused on the 4th of March 1993. Um, Stafford also sought a pardon 
And in June 1997, the Attorney General referred, to the case, the, referred the case to the Court of Appeal to be determined as if it was an appeal for a person convicted. Um, <clears throat> so this was the, this is the evidence that I wanted to talk about. So basically there was two programs that I watched for this case. So there was um, a special done by Australian Story and then there was also one by Murder Uncovered, which I have talked about previously as well. Um, I watched that one for uh, about Kate Moyer for um, David and Catherine Burney. Mm-hmm. So in this 1997 appeal, there was obviously everything needed to be re-examined forensically to you know, help with Stafford's appeal as much as mm-hmm. possible. Um, and there was like a little bit of... Um, difference so graham crowley who was a former police detective was now working as like a private investigator he was approached by graham stafford's family and i will say like the staffords have basically bankrupted themselves in order to prove graham stafford's innocence because by Mm -hmm. all measures of account even from the holland family at first they were all like Graham didn't do this. Yeah, okay. Like, it wasn't his temperament. He was very gentle, like, interviews with his ex-partners and stuff like that. Um, you know, he was <clears throat> friendly with his exes, friendly with their children. Like, the, he just wasn't the type of guy. Interviews with his ex-partner previous to Melissa, she was basically approached, like, after Graham had been arrested and charged and obviously to use her as a witness for the Crown. And she said the policeman came, the police came to the door and were talking to her about Graham and were basically asking all of these like sexual questions about what had happened with them in the bedroom and basically trying to get her to insinuate that all of this like kinky stuff had gone on. And when she wasn't basically giving them the answers that they wanted, they were like, okay, well, we can't use you. See ya. Right. Um, So there was that sort of stuff that came up in the appeal. There was also um, evidence demonstrating that Graham couldn't have committed the murder and and like they contended that the opportunity to do so was available to police at the time that included like transcripts of the interviews and I have to say I've watched some of the interviews and they're trying to work out the timeline right so the police Mm -hmm. are like asking him questions but they're mixing up the days and I don't know if it's like they're dumb or they're um trying to get him trying to trip him up yeah trying to catch him up but it's just like what are you like what are you doing um, and another piece of evidence that was disputed in the appeal was the blood evidence. So let's say I killed Zane in here. like, And I watch helplessly over Skype. No, but I'm just saying, like, if I killed Zane, or even if I, I dropped the tomato sauce bottle from on top of Zane's fridge, there would be no way that I would be able to 100% clean it up. Yes. There's like there's no way, and that's what the police had insinuated when they had arrested Graham Stafford in the bathroom. They insinuated that he was helping Leanne bleach her hair, mm-hmm. and in the process of the bleaching, he killed her. Right, and thoroughly cleaned the bathroom. Yeah, hundred percent cleaned the bathroom. Right. <clears throat> um, there were like small specks, like. That you and the police were like that, um, like other investigators, forensic investigators that have looked at the case in the appeals or just freelance in talking to Australian Story. They were like, there is like no way that they like if like going by timeline, there's just not enough time. Yeah, for him to have done all of this stuff. Yeah, 
killed her and then 100% cleaned yeah. the place. They were like where only a little tiny bit of blood could be found. Right. Yeah. Like consistent of like shaving cuts and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Gotcha. So, um, you know, and also like the amount of blood that they were talking about on the, in the boot. So the crown is saying that he killed Leanne. He put her in the boot. He kept mm-hmm. her there for two days. It's sort of like, well, he was driving around Melissa. Yeah. That doesn't seem like something that, and he, you know, Anybody what would, would happen? Risk. Yeah, like what would happen if, because they went shopping. It's like, what would happen yeah. if Melissa wanted to put stuff An in the boot? An item in the boot. Yeah. Also, it's Queensland in September. I think the smell of anything that overwhelming. Happened, like, if you leave, like, a freaking packet of bacon in the back seat for a day, mm-hmm. like, the smell would just be unbearable. Yeah. And um, that's, that's yeah, what they've said, the lack of the foul smell in the boot when they had investigated it and they'd only found that maggot. One mm-hmm. maggot. Mm-hmm. Not really consistent with having a Something a in the boot. In yeah, the back because of your car. You would think that there would also be a fair amount of, like, liquid from yeah. decomposition in the in the boot which yeah. would just like seep into the carpet or whatever i know in other cases when their um bodies have been in boots there's been like even like the shapes of like imprints of faces and stuff have stayed in the boot from just like the liquid that kind of seeps out of your body from decomposition yeah um so then the hair that was found uh, supposedly on the the sponge in the boot of stafford's car um wasn't actually found by an officer at the scene. It was okay. found by um, it was found during a laboratory examination after the sponge had fallen onto the floor. Ah, oh, right. Well, then that so, has to go in the bin, doesn't it? Yeah, contamination. You know what I yeah. mean? Okay, Ellen might have more information. Might have more knowledge about this. But the big one, obviously, like the slam dunk about the Crown's case, was the maggot. Yeah, because it yeah. was the exact same, is in the exact same life cycle. It was the same type. There was the same like evidence of you know the presence of Leanne's body and stuff like that found in the boot. Mm-hmm. So they interviewed this forensic entomologist during the appeal, and the truly a dream fr- job. <laughs> I would rather die. The <laughs> entomologist was like, okay, so like a car boot is like a desert to a maggot. And insinuating that a maggot that's present on a body, a corpse, mm-hmm. and then present in a car boot to say that they were in the exact same stages is just impossible. Mm-hmm. Because there would be some evidence of like shrinkage, dehydration in mm-hmm. the maggot in the car boot. Because once again, as you said, September in Brisbane, it's like full sun. Like obviously there would be some dehydration in the maggot. Yeah. Um. Okay. So and then, the maggot yeah. would have nothing to like survive on, you would assume, in the back of a car. Yeah. So then um, the time of death based on the maggot's development was changed to Tuesday morning, um, a Tuesday morning from the original Wednesday evening estimate of like the time of death of the ambient temperature. So, and Graham Stafford was at work on the Tuesday morning and that was already confirmed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, And then obviously like the large amounts of blood that were found around the house, which was inconsistent with the very small amounts of blood that were found in the bathroom, which is just 
as I said, like similar to like a shaving cut or something like mm-hmm. that, just very consistent to daily household living. Yeah. And the the blood on the staircase was explained that Leanne previously, like a few weeks prior, had like cut her foot, minute like my like minor sort of injury. Yeah. But had gone down the stairs to show her dad. Yeah. So that explained the blood on the stairs, um, and then the tire tracks. So. Basically, how they were presented to the jury was like, these are the exact same. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they weren't identical. They were similar. Yeah. But they weren't the exact same. Like the same type of tire, but like <clears throat> his car would have had like certain It could have parts been an earlier model or a later or, model. Yeah. Or, yeah mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, so in September of 97, Justices Davies and McPherson dismissed the appeal by Justice. Um, so Tony Fitzgerald. Oh. That we know. Yes. Tony. So Tony Fitzgerald was actually the one who was like, I don't think there's like consistent information in, like I don't think there's enough reasonable doubt in this yeah. to keep this man convicted. But the uh-huh. other two judges were like, uh-uh. Um, Great, love that. Yeah. So Paul Wilson, who's the chair of the Department of Criminology at Bond University, headed a pro bono team of lawyers making appeals on Stafford's behalf. Um, Graham Crowley, who I've spoken um, about, the private investigator and former police officer, led an investigation into the murder. Um, And like the Staffords were talking about in the Australian story episode, they were like, you know, Graham has done so much of this out of his own pocket, out of his own time. And, you know, but Graham Crowley's sort of, and you know he's been called obsessed and stuff like that he's like you know but I've still had a family to look after I've still had my job like I've still Mm -hmm. maintained everything but you know I've just been passionate about helping this guy out because he's like as terrible as it is for the Holland family losing their daughter and has I I can't even fathom how they must be feeling but you know if even if there is the like even there if there is reasonable doubt like Stafford shouldn't have been convicted and there's like other lines of inquiry that the police have gone down because their daughter's killer might still be out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then there was also two, like in the um, the appeals, there was also um, two other um, suspects. That's the word I'm looking for. Oh, wow. <laughs> two years, folks. <laughs> um, and there was also some unsolved murders within the neighbourhood, including the following year... Same age range as well, in Goodnar. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Um, so one of them was a resident of the car park near the shopping centre where um, apparently Leanne was meant to have been going. His name was Sean Peter McFedrin, who was 18 at the time, who was later found guilty of murdering another 12-year-old schoolgirl, Julianne Lowe, on the 16th of October 1991. Mm. Um, a DNA expert who had testified at the trial um also provided a statement that she believed the um the blood evidence that was talked about in the original court case and that was brought up in the appeals again was um inadequate for a conviction so finally after years and years and years of appeal and pro bono work on behalf of paul wilson graham crowley um graham stafford was released on parole but as soon as he was released for parole he was uh basically faced a deportation hearing because oh. he was released on parole for a murder charge. Uh-huh. He the um it, he wasn't seen as like someone that should be staying in Australia. So then right, on top so of all of out. that work of them trying to work on the appeal, the Staffords then had to face um Graham possibly having to move back to the UK where he had no family, no connections, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> 
so then there was the Australian Story episode that was done in August of 2007. Um, none of the Holland family participated um, in that episode. I will say, like, the Australian Story episode was very um, pro Graham Stafford being innocent and then the murder uncovered definitely went in a whole other direction, which I will talk about in a minute. Um the Holland family didn't participate in the Australian story. Um, Graham Stafford also wasn't allowed to participate in the Australian story episode because he wasn't allowed to talk to members of the media um, by conditions of his parole. Right. Um, And so there was an interesting part of the Australian story episode that I wanted to talk about because Graham Crowley and Paul Wilson had uh, co-written a book um, called Who Killed Leanne? Um, And... They were in, obviously with releasing a book, um, 4BC, which is a um, radio, radio station, station here in Brisbane. Um, they interviewed Graham Crowley and he was talking about the killing of Leanne Holland and the former um, jury foreman who convicted um, Graham Stafford was listening to the radio at the time and he got a bit miffed um, and like rang the radio station, was just like, this is rubbish, like this is what we were presented with at the trial. I don't... So he was given um, the book to read Mm -hmm. and was reading through this evidence that had been found in the appeals and everything like that. And he was just like, that's not what was presented to us in court. Uh They were presented... And he was like, the reason we convicted him and the reason we were so quick to, because it was a very quick turnaround for the jury, he was like, we, beyond reasonable doubt, thought that this guy was guilty. We were presented that the blood wasn't like... Like there was enough blood and that, you know, it was definitely Leanne's. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, as we know now because of advances, sorry, advances in like blood work and forensics and stuff like that, you know, it was more than likely it was definitely, it might have, the blood present in Graham Stafford's car might have been a relation to Leanne, but it might not have been her exact blood. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then the tire tracks, that was the big thing. He was like, we were presented as if they were the exact same car, mm-hmm. which turns out just wasn't... Wasn't the case. Wasn't the case when it was presented in appeal. So he felt Oof. that they were presented with sufficient evidence. But it, he then, upon reading the book by Graham Crowley, he was like, I feel like we were taken on a bum steer. Like, I just don't understand, like, what, you know. So... um, 2010, uh, following increasing unease and pressure from various parties and also from the community, um, in particular Greg Carey from Radio 4BC, um, and a news artic- newspaper article that was written um, about the murder of Leanne Holland, P- police, commish- commi- oh, far out. police commissioner Bob Atkinson agreed to review the case. Um, so he promised a complete and thorough review of the evidence, complete transparency, and it was also said to have um, he was going to make the finished report public. Um, Graham Crowley, who did a lot of the work for the appeals and you know has maintained that he believes that Graham Stafford didn't commit the murder, um, even though he said to the Stafford family in the beginning, he was like, look, if I, if I feel like Graham did it, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, he wasn't... So, he wasn't- he was like looking for the truth. He wasn't yeah, necessarily working. Yeah, and I mean working. the way he spoke about it as well. I'm sorry, I was not facing the mic. Um, the way he spoke about it as well, like he was a former cop and he, you know, he didn't have any information about the case previously. Yeah. It wasn't anything like that. Um, so he was contacted about this police review um, and he sort of pointed the police towards the novel 
that he'd written. Mm-hmm. Um, he also said, another written submission I made was with the respect to a current serving senior police officer. I recommended that the officer be given indemnity from criminal prosecution with respect to offences including perjury, tampering with evidence and perverting the course of justice because it was brought up in the appeal that they believed that the maggot, if it was in the same life cycle... No. ...that it might have been planted. Placed there. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Guys. Um, so, yeah. And it turns out that... And even if that isn't true, um, the man who found the maggot was later to have been... gone into quite a bit of hot water for, indeed, planting evidence... Right. And basically, so it's like done it once, probably did it before. Kind well, yeah, of thing. they're meant to review like the other yeah. like cases, cases that and other like pieces of. of evidence that they found because you know you never know. Um, so the review was completed in 2012, but was never made public. Um, and then murder uncovered happened, right? And they received the review from QPS, which is a bit odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and they created an entire episode around this review that they'd received. Mm-hmm. Um, this time bringing up further evidence of blood in the bathroom that they said was consistent with blood force trauma having occurred in the bathroom, that the maggot was in fact legitimate and that the blood in the boot definitely matched the blood of Leanne. Um, they reviewed the man that Graham Crowley was talking about. So there was um, obviously the man that committed the murder um, of the other 12-year-old girl. There was also said to have been a... Um, a pedophile operating within the area that was a family friend of Leanne's um, and he had committed acts of incest against his own daughter and they had said that his family believed that they that he was involved in the murder of Leanne he had gone to prison as well the same prison as Graham Stafford mm-hmm. and he sort of insinuated all of this stuff that Graham Stafford was a part of um like like a like a group within prison, like a clique within prison of people that had committed like really heinous acts heinous of crimes. sexual violence. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, basically in this review, they um, basically within this episode of Murder Uncovered, like they'd gotten this review from the QPS, and that was basic. And how it was produced as well, like I can definitely tell with the choices of music, the interviews because they interviewed Graham Stafford. Mm-hmm. It was very much to the point where they believed that he was guilty. Right. Um, so it felt, I mean, and obviously the Australian story felt like they were very pro, like. Pro Stafford. Pro Stafford. Um, so, yeah, they interviewed this other guy that was, you know, considered a suspect for the case. He took a lie detector test, but that was off camera so that the camera equipment didn't, like, fuck with the um, the lie detector. Oh, Zane's making a face. That's Zane's not making really a how face. That's, that's not how that works. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, oh, well, we don't want the camera equipment to interfere with the line detector It's test. not an EMF meter. Mm. So um, that wasn't shown on camera, but he was said to have passed. That doesn't um, mean anything. Everybody knows now that lie detectors aren't real. Yeah, and then Graham Stafford was asked to take a lie detector test on camera. And, you know, at first I was like, well, yeah, just do it. But then I'm like, no, like this guy has been implicated for a murder that he maybe didn't do. I still haven't figured – I still don't know within myself if he did or if he didn't do it. But it's like I wouldn't fucking do it. He didn't have a lawyer present. He was by himself like in a TV studio. That's so unfair to do to somebody. Yeah. yeah, so it was very I, – I will um, – I'll get Ellen to link it in the show notes, the episode of Murder Uncovered and the Australian story for you both to, for you to all watch. Um, so, yeah, that's the information that I have. So it's a bit odd. Like, I feel like there was 
I feel like they definitely presented the evidence within court to definitely make it seem like Graham Stafford was guilty. Mm-hmm. In the appeals, I definitely feel like that there's reasonable doubt that maybe he didn't do it. And then apparently on in um, Graham Crowley reviewing the, um, not the full report, the review done by QPS, but the um, like the summary of it, he was like, look, there is some compelling evidence in this and I definitely think it should be taken back to trial, which I am of the same opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like there is enough I feel like there's enough evidence to not have reasonable doubt because he hasn't been expunged of the crime. He's on parole. Mm-hmm. So he's still officially charged with the yep. the murder of Leanne. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There seems to be just as much evidence that he did do it that he didn't do it. So in that situation yeah. you're like, Well, obviously there's reasonable doubt. Let's go back I to trial. Feel I feel like, you know, especially around that time of the 90s, there were a lot of unsolved cases. So I'd say that the police felt a lot of pressure to the Holland family to sort of close it. Totally understand that. And I mean, like, like, to the extent of like maybe putting someone in prison that maybe didn't do it mm -hmm. or like manipulating evidence or manipulating a jury in order to think that, you know, something beyond reasonable doubt that this guy killed somebody... When there is actually, yeah, I mean, it's I, not that concrete. I just feel so horrible for the Holland family. Like, I can't imagine the the pain of losing your child and then, you know, them find, like, thinking that they'd gotten the guy and then obviously maybe finding out about all of this evidence. Like, I would say it would be so devastating to having having to relive this over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, And I just, you know, regardless of Graham Stafford, but, like, I would just really like for them to get some justice for Leanne because I don't feel like that this was done properly yeah and I think that there's enough evidence to say that I don't think they had reasonable doubt yeah they did have reasonable doubt oh they did have reasonable doubt. sorry that they did have reasonable doubt to not convict him so yeah, yeah that is the info I have on Leanne Holland that's a real brain brain scratcher mm. and I feel like you know as you say god you just like bleed for Leanne's family oh. but also the fact that like if he didn't do it and there is somebody who there's did some person crime, out there that's the worst part and that's the whole reason that our like you know our system works the way that it does that you know innocent people shouldn't be put in prison for crimes that they did not commit while no. you know somebody who did commit the crime is out there is out there and free out there and free that was not a that wasn't that short and b that was a really good episode <laughs> I feel very, I feel very brain sore thinking about it and feeling like that meme of the woman with the maths over her face trying to like put those connections together. Because honestly, like the amount of times I was watching the the Australian Story episode and then when I watched Murder Uncovered and I just got really fucking mad. Mm -hmm. And then I watched an episode of The Secret Life of Us, which I shouldn't have watched, but I did. Um, And I was just was just more mad. (laughs) And it just yeah. And I think it really speaks to the way that evidence is presented influences. Obviously, it influences what you think, you know, even from, I mean, obviously from the jury's point of view, being told beyond a shadow of the doubt. And that's the thing with science in general, but also forensics, is that there is really no, like, you don't operate in definites in No, and I mean, that's what, uh, that's another thing that the, one of the officers that was interviewed about the case was like, you know, you're meant to find evidence. You're not meant to like have a conclusion that you want to meet and find the evidence in order to, to make, make that, that conclusion. conclusion. 
Exactly. So, yeah. Yay, I did it. it well, I, I, I hope that goes back to trial. I'm sure that is yeah, ongoing me too. and we might hear me more too. about it in the I future. I feel like justice hasn't been done fully in. And I mean, as I say, like the there are so many cases like Leanne's that yeah. are unsolved because of – or there's people out on parole or there's all this sort of stuff, like all the like this bureaucracy and everything where yeah. you just want – the people that are affected to feel like that there's some justice for them. Um, so that is the end of our runaround slash trying to figure out slash catch up next. season slash what did we miss? Yeah. Um, so next, do you want to run through what we're going to be doing next, Ellen? Yeah, sure. So yeah. next we're going to do a season um, basically focused on Indigenous people and the justice system in Australia, including, you know, Indigenous deaths in custody, which is a massive issue in Australia. Um, also talking about um, massacres that have yeah. occurred within our history that our history books don't necessarily talk about. Um, I know that's something that I've been really interested in talking about. Yep, definitely. Sort of when you know, white people came onto this land, how we completely eradicated so many languages and cultures and stuff like that and completely changed the face of this country. Yeah, exactly. Not for the better. And um, yeah. those kinds of things are couched in terms like, you know, oh, when the settlers came and, you know, they took this part of the land and blah, 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 like the actual words and the violence that happened is almost never spoken. Certainly, like like when we were going through school, there is no, even like, you know, like I live in Tasmania now, you hear things like, oh, well, this isn't true, but this is a statement that is often quoted that there are no Indigenous people in Tasmania anymore. There is, definitely. But you never, nobody ever talks about, well, what happened to yeah. to make that the case? And the answer to that is obviously like a planned mass genocide. And that is something that happened in our history and we don't talk about it. Happened many times throughout our yeah. history and we don't talk about it. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, we're going to do our level best Yes. Being conscious of the fact that we are two dumb white women. So yes. and that's also something that we wanted to to say is that, you know, we are white women, but we feel like we can't serve what we want to talk about without talking about our like the history of the genocide against indigenous people here in Australia. Um, obviously with everything that's going on at the moment, um, like we both, obviously we had been talking about doing a, a season on um, deaths in custody and indigenous deaths in custody, sorry. And, um, you know, the, the, the murders of our first nations people, because we both feel like that they're not talked about enough. Mm. Um, and we had debated for a long time. Like we had been talking about it for ages and we were kind of debating like, oh, is now the right time? Like, is it going to seem like we're like jumping on a bandwagon and stuff like that? But then we were just like, eh, fuck it. We wanted to do it. We want to talk about it. It's important. Yeah. You know. And as Ellen said, we're going to do our level best. Um, I would really love to reach out to any of our um, Indigenous listeners if you have any um, particular cases that you would like us to talk to. If you have anything that you want to talk to us about, about how we can um, best handle this, I would be really interested to hear from you. So if you um, would like to send us an email at murderinthelandofoz at gmail.com or if you get in touch with us on Instagram or if you're a Patreon, we would love to hear from you and collaborate with you on this because, I mean, this is this is a process for us as well. And I mean, the as I have said in the last couple of weeks, like, 
especially doing this podcast over the last two years has been an incredible journey of me completely acknowledging my white privilege and how um, underserved the First Nations and Indigenous people of Australia have been handled. Like it's just appalling and we want to talk about it, um, but we also want to do our level best to do the right thing. Yeah, do it right. Um, Yeah. No point doing it if you can't do it right. Exactly. So we will be bringing about five or six episodes Probably more, probably more four or five um, for our um, next season. And then we'll be moving on to um, another one. Um, so, yeah, we'll see you in two weeks for our, our first episode. Goodbye. Bye. Grenka, 100% your finance partner for fast, accessible cash flow solutions. Get back to business with Grenka. Get the latest equipment you need and keep your cash where you need it in your business through leasing and invoice finance. We make credit decisions in 20 minutes and can pay your supplier or fund your chosen invoices within 24 hours of completion. We finance 100% of the asset, no deposits needed, and you can lease equipment from as little as 500 euro upwards. Grenka, your finance partner for fast, efficient leasing and invoice finance options. That's G-R-E-N-K-E. Grenka, 100% your finance partner for fast, accessible cash flow solutions. Get back to business with Grenka. Get the latest equipment you need and keep your cash where you need it in your business through leasing and invoice finance. We make credit decisions in 20 minutes and can pay your supplier or fund your chosen invoices within 24 hours of completion. We finance 100% of the asset, no deposits needed, and you can lease equipment from as little as 500 euro upwards. Grenka, your finance partner for fast, efficient leasing and invoice finance options. That's G-R-E-N-K-E.